Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Letterman Rose Special Headquarters while the rain comes down at the Horseshoe. We're in the tunnel here at Ohio Stadium. 76 to 5. Did we lose count? I don't know. The game didn't even go the full 60 minutes, uh, but Ohio State 4 0, uh, heading into a Big Ten game on the road next week against Nebraska. That was Miami of Ohio that was the opponent. Let me cover all the boxes there. This is Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. I don't know where to begin, I guess. Well, I'll, I'll begin. Yeah, here you go. You've got a stat I for think me. it was the most lopsided uh, come-from-behind win in Ohio State history. I may be wrong. I'm sure I am. But, Mike Bassford uh, walked by Ohio State Sports Information, wanted me to get it in. A 76 to nothing run. A pretty impressive way to close out a game for a Ohio State. A 42-0 second quarter. Probably, maybe never done in Ohio State history. We're still trying to figure still that out. Still digging through the record books. A lot of records out here. But, I mean, I guess if we're going to start anywhere – Ohio State did come out a little bit sleepy. They fell behind five to nothing. The defense gave up a couple big plays. Safety from Justin Fields. I mean, any concern about this low starts, or do we just move on from it? Well, I mean, like Berm will tell you, I mean, uh, you're down five nothing at home against a team you're supposed to win at least forty by. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, yeah, things. Uh, and and plus they were having some success offensively throwing the ball around and uh, had some new things maybe some new wrinkles Ohio State wasn't really ready for but uh, they were doing what they needed to do against Ohio State you know taking the snap throwing it throwing it immediately guys breaking open they had a couple guys you know drop passes too I'm talking about Miami yeah. who knows what well they were they weren't going to upset Ohio State but who knows what could have happened where the score could have gone before Ohio State finally hit the on button right but when Ohio State hit the on button. It was something to behold. The game ended two and a half minutes early, but Ohio State started the game ten minutes late. Yeah. So, um, so the fans lost. So the fans twelve lost and a half minutes. Ends. But yeah. I, I'm, you know, the Buckeyes put up essentially seventy points in two quarters, um, which is ridiculous. Uh, Justin Fields scores six touchdowns in the second quarter, which is ridiculous. Chase Young has eight sacks in four games, which is ridiculous. Um, and I think <laughs> two you, of them strip sacks. You just start to see what three, right? What this team is. Well, capable. two today. Yeah, two today. Yeah. What this team is capable of from True. top to bottom. I mean, as long as they never have to bring in a backup kicker for an extra point, I think that we're seeing that they're pretty much capable of doing whatever they want when they're engaged. And I think that that's the one thing you worry about with a team like this. And we talked about it earlier this week. Nobody talked about this football game the entire week. Nobody talked about Miami of Ohio. I almost forgot to say their name in the intro to this show. So, right. so nobody in this building or around this area, as much as they want to say we don't overlook opponents, was thinking about Miami of Ohio. Yeah. And it showed for those first 10 minutes. Yeah, and then it showed after that 76-5 to why nobody was thinking about it. I mean, this was a team, like I said on the pregame show today on radio, I mean, this is a game where you should – you should show what you're all about as a football team. And Ohio State was was uh, basically trying to show exactly what they were all about. They weren't focused, maybe, et cetera. Yeah. They weren't sharp at the beginning. But boy, when they when they got it going, it was something to behold. All right, let's let's go through some some news that can actually be used here on Rapid Reaction, brought to you by Buyers Auto. Uh, I thought last week, you know, and I asked Justin Fields this. We talked about it on the practice report, also brought to you by Buyers Auto, that you know, Justin missed a little high last week. The inaccuracy wasn't uh, ideal for him or the accuracy wasn't I thought the deep balls that he threw today it doesn't matter who the defense is what team you're playing 
it is one of the prettiest deep balls that I yes. can remember seeing. And I did watch Dwayne Haskins play last year. I'm not taking anything away from that. We're trying to be a prisoner of the moment. But this guy, and with the weapons that he has, Ben Victor turning on uh, as a deep threat, Garrett Wilson with the incredible acrobatic plays that he can make, Chris Olave with the routes that he runs and the confidence that he has, and then you throw in K.J. Hill and Austin Mack, and that's those aren't afterthoughts right there. It's pretty crazy what this passing game can still do with Justin Fields. I'm telling you, the pass to Ben Victor, like, you know, we, we're, we're uh, grizzled sports riders. We don't get too yeah. fired up about anything one way or the other, but that was a wow play. Right. I mean, that was a wow throw and a wow catch, and then got his foot down and bounced at the back of the end zone on the move. But that was a big-time Sunday kind of pass you seem pretty excited and catch like, yeah well i'm not, i think victor man you know we were talking to him last week and i asked him you know are, are you getting those consistent practices that everybody talked about you weren't getting when you weren't getting to play yeah. a lot last year etc and he said yeah i mean uh, he is he has bought in big time yeah. but he's got a big time guy throwing the ball to him for a second straight year and and that's just i think benjamin victor's almost a bonus for these guys like we've talked about a million times on our little shows uh it's it's the rising talent, the guys who have been sort of unsung the last several years on this team that are really going to make the difference on it being great. Yep. And uh, but let's you know let's keep everything in perspective. perspective. Yeah, I mean, this is knew, a, this was the worst that, team they've played through the first four. Right. I mean, you, yeah. you, in years, uh, you knew Ben Victor talent wise is as good as anybody in that locker room. So for him, it's always been mental, and it's always been about yep. just making sure he was following through, going through. And I think. It's been so good for Ben Victor and, and, and in, in, a, in a degree to Austin, for Austin Mack, but to have the three receivers that were here a year ago that have left, but then to still have K.J. Hill here and to have Chris Olave, who has turned into the leader in that room as a true sophomore. I mean, he is the vocal leader, he is the on-the-field leader, and he is the in-practice in leader. And it's uh, pretty crazy to watch yeah. because today we saw Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams and the next wave and Chris Olave talked about it after the game. He's sort of taken it upon himself to go out and reach out to those guys and say, hey, practice matters. Practice matters. And and from what we've heard around the program in the last few weeks, Jamison Williams is a guy that everyone has said is really turning it up to a, a next level. Wow. And I think you see that on the field. And then you saw his Ted Ginn-type speed taking a seven-yard route and turning it into a 71-yard touchdown. Yeah, that was, yard touchdown. That, was, that was impressive as heck because we're sitting there and we're watching and said, they're not going to catch you because he was getting a half a step every 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 step he took. And you're exactly right. I mean, there are guys rising right now that are just, you know, you can see the weapons. I mean, if A and B and C aren't working, then D, E, and F might be. And uh, it's right on down the line, you know, including the running back deal. J.K. Dobbins hardly got a sniff today, you know. Master Teague III had a had a fumble, yeah. uh, which you'll regret. But uh, I thought he ran hard, et cetera, and running back. But like you were talking, I mean, Marcus Crowley didn't get the hundred yards you forecast, but he still got in there. <laughs> still got a touchdown. Still got a touchdown. Still got in there. Caught it, you know. Caught a touchdown pass. Still got in there. Ran he's hard. Just, he's just talking about his own bold prediction. He, no, but Okuda. I didn't want to get to that. Jeffrey Okuda, ladies and gentlemen, that's he gets his first interception as well as this guy has played. It's hard to believe he didn't have one. Yeah, and, and I think you talked. You he could have had two. You, you know? mentioned Tim off the top that Ohio State. When they came out, and I talked about them being sleepy, well, they, they wound up changing, I think, a little bit from some zone coverage where Jeff Okuda, if we're being honest, he got lost yeah, on two plays. Yeah. That well, wasn't working. You always wonder, did he get lost or did the other guy well, get lost? I'm not, That's trying, the, to, I'm not yeah. trying to blame it solely on him. Right. There was miscommunication in the secondary, right. which was reminiscent of last season. And they set up there uh, behind us that they went and they did a little bit of press man 
and they threw it back to what they did last year because teams are starting to understand Ohio State's not going to play the exact same coverage that they used to. If Ohio State's cornerbacks can't beat Miami of Ohio's wide receivers in man coverage, then maybe the Buckeyes defense isn't as good as we thought. So <laughs> I think that it's a good idea at that moment because a team like Miami, they're just going to try to pick in, in, in dink and dunk. And so when you have cornerbacks like Jeffrey Okuda and Damon Arnett against wide receivers like that, just let them go and play them. You know what but, I mean? But ironically, Okuda hot microphones. Ironically, Okuda's first inter collegiate interception came on a play when he jumped up in the guy's face and looked like he was going to play press man, and then backed off. And the quarterback overthrows and, two guys, yeah. and the ball comes straight to it. He will not and, complain. That and that's as he the said, time. Jeff Halfley and these coaches have been telling him, just play, play your game, play the way you're supposed to play the game, and plays will happen for you. And boy, that's the gospel now as far as Jeffrey Okuda is concerned. All right, so we're, we're going to, I'm going to spin it right back because there's one thing I wanted to add to when Burn was talking about Jamison Williams, you saw what he could do athletically. We break it down here on Rapid Reaction brought to you by Byers Auto. That Garrett Wilson catch is one of the craziest ones that you will ever see. Best catch, uh, best catch I've seen since Noah Brown in 2016 at Oklahoma, for sure. You're best, best three or four catches I've seen. You're going to see. He caught it like three or four times. You're going to see a lot of it. Berm, uh, it was on fire today with his photo game. He has frame by frame, and, and still I, it doesn't even do it justice for the review that they had to do to make sure that it doesn't go. I didn't get the, the bobble, yeah. but uh, the first part, I mean, honestly, taking a shot from down that end, he had a pinky on the ball. I have no idea how he turned it from a, a left pinky into a catch for a touchdown. But. So he was, he was beaming when he got out of the rain and Carmen, Ohio was done. He, he saw me over here and he was like, I didn't know. He said, did it hit the ground? He asked me. He couldn't even really see it on the replay, and yeah. he was worried that they were going to overturn it, it because he couldn't even believe what he did. And this is just, I don't know, the third example of really him going up. It was the opener or week two, the, the one in the quarter of the end zone. I don't yeah. remember, you know, that was an example that you throw it back to the spring game where he's flying up to make it. This guy has well, a tweeted. punt return today. He had a punt return, which yes. he looked very comfortable returning the punt. And yes. in my opinion, probably looked more comfortable than Demario McCall has looked to doing this. He looked I extremely comfortable returning the punt. I think it's time for a punt. change there. As I um, tweeted, does he ever do anything unspectacular? That's kind of the, one of those... Well, that, like a circus that, that's sort of the rub on him is that he is one of those guys that does everything spectacular and sometimes has been struggling to do the routine stuff. And I think that that's where a guy like Chris Olave and you see his impact. And I don't want to go back to that, but you see what he can do for guys like Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams, because Olave has made spectacular plays. But now he's the most consistent guy on that in that group. And part two is he goes right over and Brian Hartline yeah. has a teaching point for it, too. He did the same thing after the one in the spring game said, hey. There was this, this, and this wrong with that route. And then you, you made up for it at the end, which is a plus. Yeah. But here's where you get better. But if you just catch the ball at the, in the first <laughs> place, you know, it's not spectacular, but wow, it's a touchdown. You know, this is what's interesting about this game is uh, somebody asked in the press conference, you know, this team hasn't faced a real challenge yet. And I go, well, you know, you're down 5 nothing at home to a team you're supposed to drill. And that is a duress moment. It's not a duress game. Sure. But the way this team sort of gathered itself and just the momentum, it reminded me of the you know Indiana game. I mean, right out of the gate, Blake Hallbile misses a misses a, yep. a, a make them field goal, and boom, you know. I mean, the team gathered itself, dominated the second quarter over there, dominated the second quarter here times two. Yeah, and there is something to be said for what you get from that kind of like rebound from maybe a slow start, et cetera. But you know, the competition ramps up immediately uh, going to uh, Lincoln and Nebraska. All right, that's a good segue right there. Let's wind it down on uh, 
rapid reaction brought to you by buyers. What's one thing that you'll take out of this one that tells you Ohio State is ready for Big Ten play? Tim, go. Justin Fields uh, can make huge plays when he needs to with his arm and with his feet, and that's huge. To me, it's a macro thing. Ohio State is taking on the personality of Ryan Day. As opposed to what we've seen in the last seven years, we're, we see a team that is not panicking. There is no anxiety. There's no stress. They are down 5 nothing. There's nobody getting upset. It's just, let's go. Let's fix it. And then they do it. And then it's off to the races. So to me, that's what it's about. And I think that they're going to look healthier and stronger next week. As Tim and I joke, the shock troops uh, could be coming. Can I, I, can yeah, I make go ahead. one more? Go ahead, though. I mean, the shock troops may be coming. Jonathan Cooper, I would be stunned if he does not play in Nebraska. Me? C.J. Saunders. Be very surprised if he does not play at Nebraska. Tyreek Smith, I'm not 100%, right. but I expect that he will play at Nebraska. Jerron Vincent, I don't think he's going to be back for a while. Josh Proctor was, was, did not play today. He had a, a soft cast on his wrist. We'll see what's happening there. He definitely hurt his wrist doing something. Robert, what I was and, Robert Landers. And Robert Landers. I, yeah. Those guys are going to play when it gets harder. So Ohio State knew what was going to happen. They wanted to get guys reps, and they still had enough depth on the defensive line. Before you wrap it up, I, I do want to add this one other thing that I saw today that is just stands out to me. They started out playing defense in a certain style, kind of changed things around. All of a sudden, you saw them in the, what I'd call their pure, the true bullet set yeah, yeah. with Brendan White in the game and Sean Wade and uh, Baron Browning at middle linebacker, and it made a huge impression right. immediately on uh, Miami and kind of like was where they kind of took control of the game yeah. uh, defensively. I mean, that's another thing coming out of this game that they, they didn't panic, but they have they have options. And yeah. uh, that's going to be huge next week against Adrian Martinez. And so now you look at it, they've only allowed one touchdown in the last three games. That's pretty good. That's going to be tested at Nebraska. But I think you take that if you're Greg Madison and Jeff Halfley, Ryan Day. 76-5 yeah. to five was the final here. This was rapid reaction brought to you by Byers Auto. That's Tim May. That's Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Moore. We're going to have more coverage coming for you at Letterman Row throughout the week as we wrap up this one. Turn it to Big Ten play next week in Nebraska. See ya. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.